much smaller community. And so um, on Patreon, I've, I'm able to really go deep. And I, that call my Patreon patrons my family. That's fam. Um, not only do they support by commenting, which I love. Thank you for doing that. Supporting by reposting, which I love. Thank you for doing that. Um, supporting by simply liking it. Thank you for that. I love that. And I appreciate that. But they support me by investing finances into this. Like $10 a month may not seem like a big deal, but it is a huge deal. Um, if, if a few of you can come together and invest $10 a month into what we're doing, it opens the door for us to do some amazing things. And so, um, and it gives me bandwidth and it gives me space to be able to commit more time, more resource. And that's why we're able to do more Bible studies. If you notice, we're starting to do Bible studies almost every other week now on Patreon. It's because of you guys. It's because of your support. Um, we're, we're doing more Bible studies because of your support. We're able to um, I'm starting to look into creating more content and building out more content. And so um, you guys have opened that door that that would have never been possible without your support. So some of you, you know, and there's some patrons who start off with $10 a month and then there are patrons who say, you know what, I'm going to up it. There are patrons that have upped their monthly support from $10 to $50. And I think there's like two or three of you that are supporting with $150 a month on Patreon. Guys, I can't say enough how much I appreciate you and appreciate your support and appreciate what you do. So guys, thank you so much because you guys are the ones that make all of this possible. You're the ones who make the Bible studies possible and everything else possible because of your yes. And so I thank you guys um, uh, for for everything you guys have done. And yeah, if you want to know how to support on Patreon, just go, go to patreon.com slash Isaac Frere. You can also click the link in the bio and in the bio on my Instagram profile and also on my TikTok in the bio, you can click become a patron. I also want to encourage you while you're here to join my email list. So even if you can't become a patron, maybe you you just can't support right now with $10 a month, you're still part of what we're doing here. And I want you to stay connected with us. So I want to encourage you, go on there, join the email list, click the link to join the email list you know, provide your email and your contact information. So that way, if anything like what's happening on TikTok happens or what's happening on Instagram happens, guess what? You'll know exactly where I'll be because we can, we could take this anywhere. Okay. We could take this anywhere. And so I want to encourage you guys to uh, subscribe to my email list and also text me, send me a text. I update with, uh, you know, daily encouragements during the weekday with our reading from the read and rant. So I want to encourage you guys, send a text as well. Um, the number is 954-231-1848, 954-231-1848. Guys, we're five minutes in, and so we're going to get right into it, okay? We're going to get right into it. We want to get into the Word. That's why we're here. We're here to engage with God in His Word. And so this isn't a Bible study. Like I said, we did that a few days ago on Patreon. This is a Bible reading, and we're simply reading the word and simply just reflecting, just reflecting on what God is speaking into us and into our heart in the, for the day. And so what, what I want you to do is, is I want you to ask God three questions. Posture yourself uh, uh, from a meditational perspective, not from just a you know, um, an intellectual perspective, but to open up your spirit to what God wants to speak to you today. 
And so you're going to ask three questions. You're going to say, as you're reading this, God, what are you revealing concerning yourself? That's the first question. The second question that you're going to ask is, God, what are you revealing concerning people? And then the third question you're going to ask is, God, what are you revealing concerning me? God, what are you revealing concerning me? And so with that said, let's get right to it. We're going to be reading from Proverbs 14. That's what we're kicking off on. And I'm going to pray and then we're going to get right to it. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for the privileges you've given us to come here. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you've given us opportunities, possibilities, Lord, that there are those of us right now from all around the world, different types of people from different cultures, ethnicities, time zones, nationalities, coming together to read your word in simultaneity. Lord, I just pray right now, even in this moment, Lord, that you would speak to us, Lord. Um, guide us, direct us, encourage us today, exhort us, convict us, correct us. <laughs> Whatever it is, Lord, that you intend to do for us today, do it. <laughs> do it for your glory. And we ask that in your name we pray. Amen and amen. And this is what it says, Proverbs 14. It says, the wise woman builds her house, but the foolish pulls it down with her hands. He who walks in the uprightness, in his uprightness, fears the Lord. But he who is perverse in his ways despises him. In the mouth of a fool is a rod of pride, but the lips of the wise will preserve them. Where no oxen are, the trough is clean but much increase comes by the strength of an ox. A faithful witness does not lie, but a false witness will utter lies. A scoffer seeks wisdom and does not find it, but knowledge is easy to him who understands. From the presence, go from the presence of a foolish man. Hmm. Go from the presence of a foolish man. When you do not perceive in him the lips of knowledge, the wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way, but the folly of fools is deceit. Fools mock at sin, but among the upright there is favor. The heart knows its own bitterness, and a stranger does not share its joy. The house of the wicked will be overthrown, but the tent of the upright will flourish. Hmm. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Even in laughter, the heart may sorrow, and the end of mirth may be grief. The backslider in heart will be filled with his own ways but a good man will be satisfied from above. The simple believes every word, but the prudent considers well his steps. A wise man fears and departs from evil, but a fool rages and is self-confident. A quick-tempered man acts foolishly, 
and a man of wicked intentions is hated. The simple inherit folly, but the prudent are crowned with knowledge. The evil will bow before the good and the wicked at the gates of the righteous. The poor man is hated even by his own neighbor, but the rich has many friends. He who despises his neighbor sins, but he who has mercy on the poor, happy is he. Do they not go astray who devise evil? But mercy and truth belong to those who devise good. In all labor there is profit, but idle chatter leads only to poverty. The crown of the wise is their riches, but the foolishness of fools is folly. Hmm. A true witness delivers souls, but a deceitful witness speaks lies. In the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence, and his children will have a place of refuge. The fear of the Lord is the fountain of life to turn one away from the snares of death. In a multitude of people is a king's honor, but in a lack of people is the downfall of a prince. He who is slow to wrath has great understanding, but he who is impulsive exalts folly. A sound heart is life to the body, but envy is rottenness to the bones. He who oppresses the poor reproaches his maker, but he who honors him has mercy on the needy. The wicked is banished in his wickedness, but the righteous has refuge in his death. Wisdom rests in the heart of him who has understanding. But what is in the heart of fools is made known. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is the reproach to any people. The king's favor is towards a wise servant, but his wrath is against him who causes shame. Let me plug this in here just in case. Proverbs 15. A soft answer turns away wrath but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge uprightly, but the mouth of fools pours forth foolishness. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but, it, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. A fool despises his father's instruction but he who receives correction is prudent. In the house of the righteous, there is much treasure, but in the revenue of the wicked is trouble. The lips of the wise disperse knowledge, but the heart of the fool does not do so. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. The way of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord but he loves him who follows righteousness. Harsh discipline 
is for him who forsakes the way. And he who hates correction will die. Hell and destruction are before the Lord. So how much more the hearts of the sons of men? A scoffer does not love one who corrects him. Nor will he go to the wise. Wow. A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance. But by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. The heart of him who has understanding seeks knowledge, but the mouth of fools feeds on foolishness. All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he who is of a merry heart has a continual feast. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure with trouble. Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a fatted calf with hatred. A wrathful man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger allays contention. The way of a lazy man is like a hedge of thorns, but the way of the upright is a highway. A wise son makes a father glad, but a foolish man despises his mother. Folly is joy to him who is destitute of discernment. But a man of understanding walks uprightly. Without counsel, plans go awry. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. A man has joy by the answer of his mouth. And a word spoken in due season, how good it is. The way of life winds up towards, winds upward for the wise that he may turn away from hell below. The Lord will destroy the house of the proud, but he will establish the boundary of the widow. The thoughts of the wicked are an abomination to the Lord, but the words of the pure are pleasant. He who is greedy for gain troubles his own house, but he who hates bribes will live. The heart of the righteous studies how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours forth evil. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. The light of the eyes rejoices the heart. (laughs) And a good report makes the bones healthy. The ear that hears the rebukes of life will abide among the wise. He who disdains instruction despises his own soul. But he who heeds rebuke gets understanding. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. And before honor is humility. Hmm. Proverbs 16. The preparations of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are pure in his own ways, but the Lord, sorry, in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirits. Commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. The Lord has made all for himself. Yes, even the wicked for the day of doom. 
Everyone proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though they join forces, none will go unpunished. In mercy and truth, atonement is provided for iniquity. And by the fear of the Lord, one departs from evil. That's the gospel. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Better is a little with righteousness than vast revenues without justice. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Divination is on the lips of the king. His mouth must not transgress in judgment. Honest weights and scales are the Lord's. All the weights in the bag are his work. It is an abomination for kings to commit wickedness. For the throne is established by righteousness. The throne is established by righteousness. Righteous lips are the delight of kings. And they love him who speaks what is right. As messengers of death is the king's wrath, but a wise man will appease it. In the light of the king, in the king's face is life. And his favor is like a cloud of the latter rain. How much better to get wisdom than gold. And to get understanding to be chosen rather than silver. The highway of the upright is to depart from evil. But he who keeps his way preserves his own soul. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Better to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide divide the spoil with the proud. Hmm. He who heads, oh, sorry, who heeds the word wisely will find good. And whoever trusts in the Lord, happy is he. The wise in heart will be called prudent. And the sweetness of the lips increases understanding. Understanding is the wellspring of life to him who has it. But the correction of fools is folly. The heart of the wise teaches his mouth and adds learning to his lips. Pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Hmm. The person who labors, labors for himself, for his hungry mouth drives him on. The ungodly man digs up evil and it is on his lips like a burning fire. A perverse man sows strife. And a whisperer separates the best of friends. A violent man entices his neighbor and leads him in a way that is not good. He winks his eye to devise perverse things. He purses his lips and brings about evil. The silver head is, sorry, the silver haired head is a crown of glory. If it is found in the way of righteousness. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. The lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is from the Lord. Hmm. One more. 
And then I'll just share a quick thought before we head out. Better is a dry morsel with quietness than a full house of feasting with strife. Thanksgiving dinner. (laughs) A wise servant will rule over a son who causes shame and will share an inheritance among the brothers. A refining pot is for silver and a furnace for gold. But the Lord tests the hearts. An evildoer gives heed to false lips. A liar listens eagerly to a spiteful tongue. He who mocks the poor reproaches his maker. He who is glad at calamity will not go unpunished. Children's children are the crown of old men. And the glory of children is their father. Excellent speech is not becoming to a fool much less lying lips to a prince. A present is a precious stone in the eyes of its possessor. Hmm. Wherever he turns, he prospers. He who covers a transgression seeks love. But he who repeats a matter separates friends. Rebuke is more effective for a wise man than a hundred blows on a fool. Hmm. An evil man seeks only rebellion. Therefore, a cruel messenger will be against him. Let a man bear, let let a man bear robbed of her cubs. Sorry, let a man, my apologies, meet a bear robbed of her cubs rather than a fool in his folly. Goodness gracious. Whoever rewards evil for good, evil will depart from his house. The beginning of strife is like releasing water. Therefore, stop contention before quarrel starts. He who justifies the wicked and he who condemns the just, both of them alike are an abomination to the Lord. Why is there in the hand of a fool the purchase price of wisdom? Since he has no heart for it. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born in adversity. A man devoid of understanding shakes hands in a pledge and becomes surety for his friend. He who loves transgression loves strife, and he who exalts his gate seeks destruction. He who has a deceitful heart finds no good, and he who has a perverse tongue falls into evil. He who begets a scoffer does so to his sorrow, and the father of a fool has no joy. A merry heart does good like medicine, and a broken spirit dries the bones. A wicked man accepts the bride behind the back to pervert the ways of justice. Wisdom is in the light of him who has understanding, but the eyes of a fool are on the ends of the earth. A foolish son is grief to his father and bitterness to her who bore him. Also, to punish the righteous is not good, nor to strike princes for their uprightness. He who has knowledge spares his words, and a man of understanding is of a calm spirit. Even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. 
when he shuts his lips, he is considered perceptive. I'm not uh, afforded a lot of time today. And so I want to share just a couple thoughts with you all. If you missed the primer before, um, I encourage you to go and check it out from the previous two read and rants that we did as we've been setting the stage for um, the, the Proverbs that we're reading beginning from chapter 10 and reading really all the way up to uh, chapter 29. When we read these Proverbs, we see contrast and comparison. That's what I told you yesterday. You see contrast and comparison. You see a wise man and a fool, the righteous and the wicked. That is out of the righteousness of God comes wisdom and out of unrighteousness comes wickedness and foolishness. He equates righteousness with wisdom consequently, and he equates foolishness with wickedness. And so he's contrasting righteousness and wickedness, wisdom and foolishness. And man, as we're reading through this, we see all these nuggets, all these nuggets. But wisdom allows you to discern between those two things. And so as we got to the end in chapter nine, going into now chapter 10, we see first a primer about how wisdom is established, who wisdom is, what wisdom does. And then now we see from chapter 10 going through chapter 29, how wisdom is manifest in the life of the righteous person, a person who is righteous. And, and so as you're reading it, what I hope you begin to see as you're reading it is there's contrasting comparison, contrasting comparison, um, contrasting comparison. There's rich, yeah, rich and poor Gary. There's, there's contrasting comparison, how the rich are perceived and how the poor are treated. That's what the contrast you really see there. Um, you, you see other contrasts and comparisons, but what you'll notice is, is that there's some consistent themes all throughout. There's some consistent things that we see. I like that. The attributes of wisdom, how wisdom is actually, when we see it, we know that that's, that's coming from wisdom. So today, what I'm going to do is, is of course, there's no way that we can go through all this, right? And we probably have one or two more of these readings in Proverbs. There's no way we're going to, we could sit down for hours and just go through one of these pro, one of these chapters that we just read. But as I said to you before, this isn't really a Bible study. And maybe eventually one day we'll be afforded the time to do a Bible study. This is simply a reflection. What is God really speaking into? What is God really saying in this moment? What is, what is God saying to me? You're eavesdropping. And maybe what God is saying to me may be different than what God is saying to you in this moment, but God is revealing some things about his heart. And yes, when we study wisdom, we're studying the personality of God. It is an attribute of God and how that is manifest out of the attribute of God. It is the essence of who God is and how it's manifest. And so we begin to see these consistent themes of what it is like to have wisdom and how it is that those who have wisdom live. And so there's some consistent things that we see over and over again, and we see it repeated over 
and over and over again. We see all these themes repeated over and over again. But there's two that really stick out to me today. And I wanted to really point this out to you because I believe they're critically important. If you want to be wise reading this here, there are a few things that consistently happen in your life, in your personality, in your new identity in Christ, as now Christ is your righteousness because he is your righteousness. Out of the righteousness of Christ comes this way of living and this way of being. And one of the things that's consistent is, is that if you want to be wise, watch your mouth. If you want to be wise, pay attention to what you're saying. You want wisdom? Say less. Even a fool, when he keeps his peace, is considered wise. That's Bible. And often many people are so quick to speak, to speak, to speak, to talk, to talk, to talk. You want to talk. You want to speak. You want to share your thoughts. You want to share your feelings. You want to quickly run your mouth. And yet he's saying wisdom actually is slow to speak. That last verse says, even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. We live in a day and age now where everybody feels like they need to share their thoughts. When everybody feels like they need to say something about something, where everybody feels like you need to speak your mind in the moment that you speak and not realizing that sometimes it takes time for you to actually process the thought in the moment, to seek the wisdom of God and to seek insight and upon seeing it, then speaking. We are so opinionated today, not realizing that even the opinions that we form evolve because as we mature and as we gain more information, our opinions change. We evolve. And because we evolve and because we mature, our opinions evolve. And we don't give our opinions an opportunity to actually fully mature before we speak. Fools like to talk quick. Fools like to share their opinions. Fools like to just say what they're thinking in the moment. Fools like to just quickly talk. Let me just share my feelings. Let me just share my thoughts. I'm going to share what I need to say. Let me speak my mind. Let me speak my peace. Why, why does everybody have a problem with me speaking my mind? Take your time. Because Bible says, be slow to speak. And if you're slow to speak, then you would be considered wise. You can get more out of saying less. Do you remember Jesus? You know that guy, Jesus? I find it interesting that when Jesus was being accused, they continued to accuse him, but the Bible said that he said nothing, kept his mouth shut, that people continued to accuse him over and over again. They just accused him and accused him and accused him and accused him. And they were saying things that weren't true, and yet Jesus didn't feel it necessary to speak and to defend himself. Jesus was slow to speak because wisdom is slow to speak. Jesus was slow to express and to say what he was thinking because wisdom keeps silent. And in the moment when they asked Jesus who he was, that's when he finally spoke. It was until 
he was one-on-one with Pontius Pilate. And that's when he began to speak and to defend who he was. I think some of us, we're so quick to defend who we are in front of crowds, not realizing that wisdom doesn't seek to quickly speak on matters and to share their opinions. Wisdom takes time, lets the thoughts mature, knows when to speak, knows that crowds are usually not the best place to speak, but rather in the one-on-one discourse. There's anything that we're going to see as a consistent thread throughout Proverbs. And you're going to see this happening over and over again. Proverbs tells you to be slow to speak. Say less. Watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. The other thing that I want to point out, and that's really sticking out to me today, two things. two things. Wisdom loves correction. Nowadays, people hate being corrected. People hate being told that they're wrong. People hate admitting that they're wrong. People hate being um, corrected for things that they say or things that they've done or ways that they think. As a matter of fact, when you try to correct someone or try to at least present another idea or another thought that might be in contest to their thought, they will dig in deeper to their way of thinking because I've already set my mind on what I am, who I am, what I'm thinking. And because they hate to be corrected, they will dig in and they will go further into their way of thinking. You know what the Bible calls that person? A fool. Fools hate to be corrected. Ah, but wisdom? Wisdom loves correction. Wisdom loves finding out that they're wrong. Wisdom loves hearing other thoughts. Wisdom loves knowing, hey, you know what? I don't know everything and I don't know all things. And so I'm willing to accept right now, even in this moment, that maybe you're right. And I'm willing to consider that maybe my way of thinking is a little bit off. I'm willing to consider that maybe, you know, my life does have a certain boundary of experience and maybe I don't know everything because I haven't seen everything and I haven't lived everything. If you got an issue with being corrected, then you might have an issue with wisdom because wisdom seeks correction. Wisdom actually loves to be corrected. (laughs) Wisdom loves being wrong and saying, hey, guide me, lead me. Wisdom is humble. Wisdom has humility. Wisdom is not out here trying to prostrate how smart wisdom is and how wise wisdom is. Wisdom loves to be corrected. Quick little advice, because I love Proverbs for that, but quick little advice. Be careful being around somebody who hates correction. Be careful being around someone who hates 
considering that maybe they might actually be wrong. Be really, really careful with that because you know what the Bible calls that person? The Bible calls that person a fool. And you know what a fool is, according to the Bible in Proverbs? Wicked. And what does the Bible say about that person? It says, better to encounter a bear who has her cubs stolen from her than to encounter a foolish person. I paraphrase. Oh, no. A person who hates to be corrected, stay very, very far away from You want someone who can open up and dialogue, open up and try to understand that maybe they don't know everything and maybe that they don't have the entire story. And maybe, you know what, I might have grown up thinking like this, but I might be wrong and I'm willing to open up and to hear something and to hear another thought and to hear another idea and to hear a contesting thought. And maybe possibly I could be wrong and enjoy being wrong. Because when you are wrong and you are corrected, guess what? You become better. That's a crazy thought. Imagine being wrong about something. Imagine being wrong about, I don't know, a belief or an opinion. Imagine being wrong about something and somebody comes up to you and exposes it because you didn't know, right? You were just living in your own little bubble of thought and ideas And then they expose you to something new. And imagine realizing, oh, snap, I was actually wrong about that. And imagine being corrected about that opinion. You know that in that moment that you're corrected, you actually became better. Now, imagine the person who hates that and wants to stay ignorant in their own little bubble of thoughts, ideologies, philosophies, politics, and emotions. People who hate correction are fools. And I also want to just clarify this. Because, and I'm going to bring this all the way down to the ground. There's this weird morality today in in Western culture, particularly speaking in the United States, is you've got the conservative The conservative doesn't want to change anything, right? You know, in today's world, especially in the United States, you've got, you know, two types of people because somehow we categorize everybody into two types, (laughs) which they're not, but we just, we try to do it anyway. You've got the conservative. The conservative loves a way of thinking and nothing should change. Keep everything the way it is. Conservatives. Not realizing that if you can't change anything and if you're not willing to be corrected, then the Bible calls you a fool. But that's another conversation for another day. But then you have the liberal. The liberal on the other side wants to think that they're open to new thoughts, new ideas, hence the term liberal. Hence to, you know, now because of this new, I've got this new way of thinking and and I'm willing to accept all different thoughts and all different ideas and all different ideologies. And so they're, you know, it's, it's, they're wide open. The conservative is wide open to all the new thoughts. And we'd like to think, well, that person is wise, but they're fools as well because conservatives have a weird form of their own foolishness. 
which is you're only accepting of an idea that's only open to your way of thinking. And so the liberal is a fool because they're hardcore liberal and the conservative is a fool. As a matter of fact, if the conservative isn't being shaped by the liberal, the conservative is a fool. And if the liberal is not being shaped by the conservative, then the liberal is a fool. Is it possible that you can be so open-minded that you're closed-minded? Is it possible that you can be so liberal that you become some weird form of conservatism? Is it possible that you are so liberal, you're only open to liberal ideas? When a liberal should still be open to how a conservative perceives something. A liberal is still open to how a conservative processes what's going on in the world. Liberals can be hypocrites in that way. conservatives in their own way. When what wisdom does is wisdom seeks correction. Because life is much bigger and more complicated. So family, today, watch your mouth. Be willing to be corrected. Those are the two things, two threads. And we'll go through the other threads as we read. But today, this is what the Lord is speaking into me. Is watch your mouth and love correction. Say less. Listen more. That's what a righteous person does. They say less. And they listen more. Father, I thank you today as you, you brought us here, Lord. I just ask so that you would um, continue to sanctify us in your word. For your word is truth. Father, I ask that you would teach us, Lord God. Teach us that even in the midst of disagreement and disenchantment and even in the midst of all the challenges that we face in culture and society, let us be Lord, your emblems of righteousness. Let us not simply be, be stuck in our own ways, but Lord, that we would listen more. Lord, let us not be so quick to just speak on everything and give our opinions on everything without maturing in our thought and to maybe say less. Father, let's say less about what we think and let's speak more about who you are. And we say that in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, I love you all. God bless you guys. I got to go. I know we started a little bit earlier, but I'm so glad you guys made it. I'm so glad we're here. So glad we made this happen. I want to encourage you as well, guys. Um, follow me on Patreon, patreon.com slash Isaac Frere. Okay. Um, I want to encourage you to do that. That way you always know where I am. Also subscribe to my email list. Click the link in the bio. Subscribe to my email list. Okay. I want to encourage you to do that. And also text me 954-231-1848. 954-231-1848.
I will see you all tomorrow. Love y'all. God bless you.